Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 582. Releasing January 19 in theaters across the US and on demand and digital is Sunrise, a folk horror thriller set in the Pacific Northwest in which roams an ex-cop turned vampire who seeks revenge against a corrupt and fanatical land baron. Starring Alex Patifer and Guy Pearce, Sunrise blends gothic folk horror and western conventions to create a haunting exploration of revenge, redemption and the connection between blood and land. And joining me now is the director of Sunrise, Mr. Andrew Baird. Andrew, how are you today? I'm good, man. That was a pretty cool synopsis, I have to say. I haven't heard that before. Well, thank you so very much for that. And it's a really interesting movie because, like I said before, it's like this really kind of kind of like an intoxicating blend between folk horror, this gothic elements, you got um you also this kind of um uh story, like almost like a Western kind of story to it as well. And I know the film's scripted by um Ronan Blanning. He directed, he wrote, sorry, uh, one of my favorite films from several years back called Don't Go. Um, and that was also a film that dealt with supernatural. But the thing about his movies is that there's really kind of rich character to him as well. It's not so much about the ambience, it's about the, the depth the characters bring to it. Um, and I imagine with that, that's something that really kind of like, um, I imagine really kind of uh, spoke to you as well as a filmmaker um, and that depth in character uh, amongst all the other kind of things that are going on here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um... Joe Reynolds is such a visceral character, so monstrous um, in so many ways, uh, but human, you know? And and then the journey of Fallon is such an epic, iconic journey, you know? It's it's like the man with no name, you know? Um, mm. So, but, you know, that he's got to go through this kind of catharsis, I suppose, you know? Um, so yeah, I just approached it like um, a man who kind of fell into a kind of addiction, purgatory after going through great tragedy, suffering great tragedy, and he has to heal from that, you know. Um, so the the vampir vampirism or whatever, I just the 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 you know the eternal nature of being a vampire or whatever. It just I felt that was an internal purgatory that had to be healed. And then the blood addiction, the addiction to blood is just like you could replace that with any other substance, you know. Um, so but it's so visceral. So it just worked out that way. And I think although Ronan didn't quite um I don't think Ronan quite feels this or I don't know he just hasn't thought about it but I think the script storyline is very much a product of growing up in the region of Northern Ireland because mm -hmm. it was originally set there then it got moved to a small town America you know which this can happen in any small town anywhere in the world it's happening in the Middle East right now you know it's happening uh, all it's happening in it's not happening shit's going down in Congo it's like all over where you've got like very kind of extremist people fighting, you know, and causing terror out of fear. So it's just that's this town is just like drenched in fear and hatred. The thing about moving it to the Pacific Northwest, and I think it would have been the same if it was still set in, in Northern Ireland as well, is you're dealing with myths, you're dealing with folklore, you're dealing with creatures. Yeah. 
when it came to that region, the Pacific North or Northwest, do you, do you kind of delve into its own kind of folk lyric, kind of like, uh, mythical kind of aspects that, that is to that land? Because it's such a dense land, and from that dense land comes all these kind of stories where, I don't know, you ever delve into the whole cryptid kind of uh, notion of that region. But, you know, I imagine it would have been some, um, some fodder for inspiration there. Yeah. I mean, look, the red coat was never really was barely evident in the script initially. It was like, what is this thing? Okay, there was no real history, origin, rules, nothing. So it really got worked out in the it, as I was shooting, rehearsing, shooting, and then in the edit. And I was going to shoot some, I allotted some time to shoot some extra stuff on the red coat if I needed to, but then I didn't need to. Um, but it was just this urban, this rural myth and I think these rural myths exist, whether they could be in South America, in Mexico, in Ireland, and you name it, whatever, somewhere in America, that it's like little, whatever you want, enclaves of people come up with these myths that help them kind of compartmentalize their fears and put it, okay, it's, we're going to put all our fears into this demon. And as long as we keep the demon out in the forest, we're going to be okay. Mm. But of course... You're not facing the demon, then you're you're hiding from it, and it's like I think that's where these urban myths come from. It's just human beings not having the courage to face their demons, you know. So Fallon has has to do that, and at the end of the movie, that's what Reynolds is about to start doing, you know. And even like Ma Reynolds ends up coming face to face with her demon, you know. So. Um, that's a big part of what this movie's about, people coming to terms with their greatest fears. When people hear vampire movie, there's certain tropes, there's certain things that come into their mind about what that is. And it's very clear to me that with Sunrise, what you wanted to do was just like really kind of stray away from like the usual tactics people can approach. How important was it for you in regarding that particular type of subgenre of movie to kind of stay away from you know, the usual kind of aspects of what a vampire movie is so you don't get stuck into those tropey moments in, in the film. Yeah, I just really, honestly, I just, it was very hard as well. Like it, we had issues with the casting initially of Fallon because a lot of actors were, I don't do a vampire's campy. It's not, it's like it's been, and I just, just like, God, it's not a vampire movie. It's a Western mm. with a horror mm. edge or a folk horror, whatever you want to call it. So I never approach it like a vampire movie, you know? It's, I like the idea of this character being addicted to blood. I did like that, but that was the addict. That was, rather than it being, you know, drug, some form of a drug or, or, you know, like narcotic or whatever, alcohol. It's not like, he's just a, a, a blood addict, and which is kind of like also very symbolic of life. And, uh, you know, so, that really attracted me that this guy's an addict and he's a he's a, an addict as a result of great trauma that he suffered you know and uh, he has to heal from that you know so that's how i approached it so it's and i realized as well there were so many different narrative threads tonal threads because so many other filmmakers had tried to tackle this project and other actors, a lot of other actors, that I think a lot of residue had been left from other filmmakers. You had to sift through all of that. Mm. And um, 
So it was a political piece. It was a racial piece. It was a family drama. It was a horror movie. It was a Western. It, it had great moments and then it had ridiculous moments. And it, I had to like sift through that. And it, it was a constant process. And then trying to figure out what's this demon, you know? In many ways, it was like the, the mountain community was the spaceship. The characters in the spaceship are in the mountain community, like the characters in the spaceship. And the red coat is the alien, you know? And you, mm -hmm. it's like, it's the same thing. It's like you've got people in a contained environment. There is tension, there is disease, disease, you know? There's paranoia because there's something out there and it's like it's it's coming to get them, you know, and it's like uh, also I see you've got Jaws. I'm, I'm doing a survival movie next and it's Jaws is a big influence on it. So it's dead calm. Um, but Jaws was an influence on this movie because the this, this, this scene with Ma Reynolds in the bar talking about the red coat was definitely, I felt like, oh, that's like, I wanted to feel like Robert Shaw on the boat, you know, doing the Indianapolis speech, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, which was, again, was totally improvised, you know, these great moments in movies. And again, I'm not, I was aspired to, to, to great moments, but um, they, it happens in the moment. You know, it's 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 an organic process making films. You're constantly changing and evolving, and you have to allow that to happen. So, you know, the script is the blueprint, and then you start to build on it, and it will change and morph and with the actors and the situations and the scenarios. And that scene that they use for the trailer element as well captures, you know, the red coat is the shark, the shark is the fear, you know. And that's what it's about. And it's man or woman coming to terms with their great fears. Because I think when the fear is high enough, palpable enough, the red coat appears, the shark appears, the fear really appears. And you can't avoid it. You have to face it. You know, it's like life. And then by getting through it, you you arise, you you um, you become enlightened, you know? And that's what Fallon goes through. That's his journey. And that's what Reynolds is about to go through. You know, a, a journey of enlightenment. You know, it's painful though. And but there you can't, you know, grow without pain, just like childbirth, you know. It's like mm. not that I'm female, but in funny in ways like making a movie as a male to me is is similar to making a child, like, you know. So it's like, it's painful. Like this was not easy to figure out, work through. It was outside of all the practical limitations and the madness of trying to get movies made. Then you're, you're grappling with this narrative and this, what is, what is this movie? What's it about? Like, what is it about? Where's, and the movie starts to take on its own life. And you got to follow it, you know? And it's amazing, but it's not easy. You know, it's it's a it's an all-consuming um, profession, or it's not even a profession. What would you call it? Vocation. You know. Right. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it still has its weaknesses, weak points. This movie, in my opinion, um, I see things that 
could have been better and worked through more. Uh, but it seems like a lot of people are really engaged with it and it's having quite an effect and this original approach taken to this materialist seems to be having a positive effect on, on the audience. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Gift Card Store. Australia's leading provider of gift cards, Gift Card Store offers a variety of prepaid MasterCard and Visa cards in physical or e-card format. You can even design your own card as the ultimate personalized gift. With Gift Card Store, you can gift the gift you know they will love. Please support Matt's Movie Reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Something that really kind of spoke to me is that you're talking before about the notion of blood in the movie. Um, something that blood, I think, represents to me in the film is lineage as well. The opening scene when Guy Pearce's character of Reynolds, yeah. who to me is kind of like, kind of reminds me of sort of way of kind of like build a butcher from like gangs in New York. This kind of guy who has this really kind of tribalistic mindset in anything, any outside, outs, outsider, yeah. outside his own kind of like purity or lineage, lineage purity is seen as an invader and, and, and to be yeah. ruled over. Um, that's a really kind of interesting aspect because now more than ever, it seems like the world is set in these kind of like tribal kind of things where it's either really kind of like, what you mentioned before in regards to different type of wars and conflicts happening in the world to even like little things like pop culture kind of tribalism as well that's happening right now and to me i think something that this movie speaks to i think to me and to other people is in regard to that kind of tribalism and how some people pure see things as pure in one essence and anything else outside of that is just tainting the pool which i think is what reynolds kind of looks at how reynolds kind of looks at a lot of these characters yeah, I mean, it's great. That's for sure. I mean, what's really good, like rewarding, I suppose, is like, look, I had a, a viewpoint on this and I made the movie the way um, you've got to really bring yourself to these things. You've got to bring your own personal experience. And that's that's the filmmaker's point of view, you know? But then once it's made and it goes out into the general public, then they will find their own interpretations, which is great, just like any other piece of art. And it's really, so as long as you're authentic and clear, you know, and authentic with your execution of the piece of work, I think it has an impact and then it can trigger other responses, but that are powerful and stuff, you know? So it's like, uh, but yeah, the blood, in the land, you know, and it's a very Irish thing or an American thing, you know, the land, um, particularly in the island of Ireland where the land was taken, part of the, well, all the land was taken and then part of it was kept. And uh, so it's, although it's set in the US, it's still very much a, a Northern Irish movie. And I keep saying it's Northern Irish because to that region, you know, um, because of all the troubles and 
the the puritanical religious sort of you know uh stuff that goes on there still to some degree you know um or across the us certain pockets it's um so yeah i love the the visual of the blood it's so evocative blood seems to to be in a lot of my movies you know and will feature heavily in the next one it's very it's life you know it's, yeah. I, as you said it's identity it's character somebody asked me in an interview there whenever on do, when we were doing the job for this was um, where did you learn the appreciation of characters and i learned them from from I, I spent when I was seven, I moved to a little Irish village with had all these characters, little village called Innistig down south of Dublin in County Kilkenny. And my mom is from there and she lives there. And I grew up with these characters. And that really is why I always pick projects because of the the, the strength of the characters. And and also the bloodline and the lineage and stuff is like characters very important, but but that that is well and good, but not at the detriment of other characters. You know, mm -hmm. everybody should be entitled to be their own authentic selves. Obviously, the Reynolds family have a perverted, as do so many people across the world, have this perverted, um, malignant appreciation of character and bloodline it's like our blood our religion our viewpoint is all that matters and we will exterminate you if you threaten ours you know so that's pretty malignant and um toxic and uh i hope that there's uh with sunrise it shows like the strength of you know the human spirit which is like is to is positive, you know, and like, you know, I think Jan is very representative of that, that spiritual center and love against hate, you know, love is what heals Fallon, not hate, you know, hate keeps him in this purgatory, you know, keeps him in this addiction of darkness, you know, in the darkness. So love brings you out of that, you know, and he saw that with the, with the families and you know, Jan, Loy, and Crystal, you really sent, is the center point of this movie, and she really brought it, because she's with Alex and Guy, who've done so much more work, and much higher profile work than Crystal. Um, and Jan, despite great tragedy, doesn't fall into this black hole like Fallon does because of her spiritual center, because of her faith. Let's not confuse faith with some sort of like malignant extremist viewpoint of like, yeah, I exterminate all you people because that, so she is just so spiritually grounded and, uh, and, and Crystal really imbues that character. And, and she wrote, rewrote that speech that she did, you know, at the, whatever, at the end of the second act. Mm. Um, based on her own experiences of of um, being a Chinese person in England. So, yeah, it's good. Good stuff in there.
Um, Guy Pierce, this is the second time you work with him. First time was on Zone Four One Four. You know, here in um, in Australia, when we talk about our great actors, Guy Pierce unfortunately gets like lost in the shuffle there, which is I think is incredibly unfortunate because to me. He's one of our great kind of like exports uh, to the world in, in regards to his, his profession and his, and just how great he is with his work. And in this movie, he does that thing again where he just kind of like embeds a character, uh, he just embodies his character and you just feel it in every kind of like spitting, kind of like raging kind of thing that he does. Whether, and it's also the intensity of his performances as well and the, the way he can just change himself as a chameleon. What's it like working with him now twice uh, uh, back to back in your in your feature films because there would have been something really cool to see a uh, guy kind of like really embody a, a character like Reynolds, who um you know yeah. when it comes to villains he's really quite yeah. bastard. Well, look, it was such a privilege to get him to be the lead in Zone. Initially, Travis was going to be in the lead, and they flipped. Travis is great. Travis Fimmel's great. Australian actor too, really great character. But Guy is revered. I mean, look. To say that, I don't know, whatever whatever they do in Australia, like even in Ireland, the amount of amazing film actors coming out of Ireland now is extraordinary, you know? Ever since the movie called Intermission, which was about 20 years ago, mm. um, I saw it. But God, what is it? Three actors were nominated for best, three Irish actors' best lead in the Golden Globes. Just incredible. But so, a lot of them are new and they haven't, the guy has this, I mean, there isn't an actor out there working today, male, female, that wouldn't relish the opportunity to work with Guy. And yet, yeah. I think he was nominated for a Golden Globe once. Who cares? It's, it doesn't matter. Like, in terms of, like, he's one of the very finest film actors working today. The fact that <laughs> I get, <laughs> I don't know, it's just... It's such, it was such a gift, you know, to, and it was a real test with the first movie. Okay, can you do this? You're working with one of the best actors in the world. Can you do this? And it he pulled it off. And then, so with Sunrise, it was just like, there was none of the, can you do this? It's like, we're in it, we're on it. And there was trust. And it was a really good experience on Zone too, but this was another level. So, um, I got to be reminded of that. Even Alex reminded me that yesterday. It's like, you know, they love, like I love working with these great actors and they like working with me. And there's something I have, there's something in that. So, um, so I got to remember that, keep building that repertoire of terrific actors I've worked with. Um, but again, you, you got you to gotta get a sense who's right for the roles as well. And you've got to also, um, adhere to financial practicalities you know um, to make the movie so um, it just is an absolute gift it is the most enjoyable thing working through these characters with these wonderful actors and, and making it work and that and that in that informs the story the story can can change somewhat you know based on these characters and what they do you know um, so it is probably the most enjoyable thing. I'm in the process of casting the, this next movie I'm doing in South Africa. And it's weird because the movie's already fine as this kind of movie it is. I've never been in that situation before. But we, I still have certain parameters I got to fit in, but I got to make sure I get the best collection of actors. Um, 
So it's a it's crucial because there's nothing worse than being on a set and you've miscast one one of the roles and uh, or whatever or the actor's weak or something and it's just not good. Um, it's you, you can't save it, you know. So um, it's just been amazing. It was just and you love so. The critics killed us. A lot of critics killed us because they kept comparing it to Blade Runner. But mm. whatever, you know, um, it did really well on Netflix. And all the actors loved it. And financiers did really well on it. And, uh, and I was already in post on my next movie before it even came out. So um, I'm really proud of it. It was a very complex movie to do. And then it happened Guy. And then I had Matilda, Malutz. You know, um, and she, Matilda, who's great, but she had Guy for three quarters of the shoot, and then she was on her own for the last week, or, you know, she was carrying the show. Then it was just me and her, and uh, her, and we did well. She did well. Matilda really did well off, so, and I'm glad um, she's smart and strong. Um, so... Yeah, it's just such a gift to work with all these different actors, different styles, and but they're all good. They're all good. They're bloody good, and they're serious actors, you know, all of them. So uh, the whole star thing, all of that nonsense. I mean, I mean, Kevin Bacon is an absolute gentleman, brilliant actor, total professional, and yet he's this kind of iconic kind of film star, movie star from forever. And uh, none of that bullshit. Like when, when he came to Georgia to do One Way, it was in the middle of the pandemic, the second run, the second phase. And we're all stuck on this bus in a, in a warehouse basically in Georgia, in the US, outside of Atlanta. And throw him right in there with like six other actors, you know? Um, and it was, he was uh, you know, and there was Travis, there was Colson, Baker, Machine Gun Kelly. There was, I don't know, great character actor, um, character actors. Anyway, you throw, throw them all in, boom. Kevin's happy, happy as Larry, because he's in working with actors who are really bringing it. And it's fantastic. It's just brilliant. You know, there's nothing better. Um, and like, for example, in Sunrise with Guy, I have this great actor, um, Irish actor's name is John Connors, a real kind of powerhouse performer. And John worked with Barry Keoghan when they were starting out. John and Barry are friends. Now, I was trying to get Barry in a movie last year. Nobody would hire him. There's no value. Look at him now. John is just like that. And it was so cool to introduce Guy to John Connors and, and be like, okay, here's your, your scene partner today or whatever. And after the first take, I go up to Guy and said, right, we think pretty good, eh? He's like, yeah, nice. yeah. It's because when you're good, when you have that power and that authenticity, you know, uh, actors of tremendous um, experience appreciate it too, because you either have it or you don't. You know, you either have it or you don't. And, um, and it's really great to pair those newer actors with more seasoned actors and to see them spar it's like a boxing match or whatever you know mm, so yeah it's really cool brilliant uh, young actor john connors uh, 
uh, that I so great to be able to get him in the movie, you know, uh, to be able to, you know, it's not a big role for him, but uh, powerhouse actor, yeah. So for everyone out there listening, January 19th in theaters across the US and on demand, the digital sunrise, I really, really recommend people watch this film in cinemas. Uh, the photography in this movie is fantastic. The ambience that um. Northern Let me say that, by the way, yeah. I just want to make a point. That was shot by a Slovakian guy based in New York. His name is Ivan Abel. It's his first movie. But I, Ivan and I did music videos back in the day. And he was he did an extraordinary job on this movie. Yes, he did. Absolutely yeah. did. And, I, and, I, and that's why i got to say, you got to watch it in cinemas, not only for... Um, Brian uh, Abel's uh, cinematography in a film, which is fantastic, uh, but also you know you got to watch movies in cinema, people. Okay, I know it's on digital. If you can't watch it on digital, the options there or watch it in cin uh, cinemas, especially a movie yeah, like Sunrise. AMC. I don't know AMC are playing it. I don't know. You know, check AMC listings across the US. It's it's definitely in there. I'll definitely have a, a link uh, yeah. for like cinemas and stuff in my in the show notes as well. And Andrew Baird, I thank you so very much for your time. Congratulations for the movie. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. For sure, mate. My pleasure. Thanks for your time.